ocean breeze, tropical beach, pina colada. You can buy an air freshener to make your car smell like you're in an oceanside paradise. Or better yet, you can point your car toward Daytona Beach and come experience the real thing. Visit DaytonaBeach.com to discover all there is to see, do, and enjoy along the world's most famous beach. Daytona Beach, Florida. Beach on. This is D. Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution here with the 359th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. We're going to title this episode, it's our preview of the upcoming game, uh, and we're going to title this episode, Trying to Strike Goal versus the 49ers. The Atlanta Falcons will take on the 49ers at 1 o'clock p.m. Sunday at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. The Falcons are 2-3, and three. the 49ers are 3-2, and two. and coming off a, a big victory over the Carolina Panthers where they took it to them 37-15, to 15, got out big 17-3 at the half and coasted on home. Uh, Matt Rule was fired today on uh, Monday in uh, Carolina and replaced by Steve Wilkes, former D.C. for Carolina under Ron Rivera, and he had the one year out there with Arizona, and he's back as an interim head coach of the Carolina Panthers now. So let's get right to some Falcon news that broke Sunday night late after the game. They traded former pro bowler Deion Jones to the Cleveland Browns. They sent the seventh-round pick in Jones to Cleveland and picked up the, 20, the Browns' 2024 sixth-round pick. Here's Arthur Smith discussing the trade. A lot of things. You know, Terry put out a statement, and um, like any move we make, we try to do it in the best interest of – of the team and, and always are mindful of the players and very appreciative of all the players that uh, played here, especially guys that have played well, uh, whether they played for, for us uh, since I've been here or they played for otherwise. I always lo- love guys that uh, former players that come back and we embrace them all and very appreciative of everything Dion's done for us. But, yep, Dion uh, didn't fit anymore in a 3-4. They wouldn't say that, but um... – you know, the Falcons revamped the whole linebacking core. Uh, no, You know, started all over from scratch. They wanted bigger run stuff in linebackers. And uh, Dion supposed to revolutionize the linebacker position as the, you know, the small, faster linebacker. Uh, did good for Dan Quinn here. Started 83 games, over 85 uh, games altogether. The remarkable 11 interceptions, five of them returned for touchdowns. My favorite was the walk-off one in Tampa against Jameis Winston. And uh, he's also – that was in overtime. Then the one against the Saints that stopped Drew Brees on a drive where he, like, went up. Looked like he jumped about about 20 feet off the ground to, to get one while he's diving backwards. I thought he was going to break his neck. Great play by Dion, But the new regime, uh, you know, the, it changes a little bit on how people see you as a leader or not. And uh, Dion's off to Cleveland. They need help. Anthony Walker was injured. The Jared Phillips kid was not getting the job done. And after giving up more than 400 yards rushing in the last two uh, games, the Browns called and wanted to make a deal for Dion. So that's uh, that, that is done. And we wish Dion the best up in Cleveland. 
So, you know, the Falcons are coming off of this 21-15 to loss to Tampa Bay, but everybody's still talking about what we called in our five takeaways the worst call ever. <laughs> that was Jerome Bulger, former Morehouse quarterback from Atlanta, went to Douglas High. He made the worst call ever on an unnecessary roughness sack that was a straight just sack. I can't find anybody that supports the sack, not even in Tampa. And just a uh, – a synopsis of, uh, of the reviews I've heard today. Charlie Weiss thought Tom Brady on NFL radio, he thought Tom Brady would get called for kicking Brady because he was trying for kicking Grady. He was trying to, he had kicked him earlier in the game and then told him good job for not reacting. So the old man's getting a little feisty with his feet. You know, look at that video again. So that's what he thought on the uh, Pat Curran. And uh, Rich Gannon look, coming home listening to them, both of them, you know, said the Falcons deserve, you know, at least a chance to go down and win it, that that was not a unnecessary roughness. And then Dean Blandino, the former official, uh, got his, um, he did an interview with the uh, website, the 33rd team, and, and he says, this doesn't fit into any bucket of unnecessary roughness. So, you know, when that happens, Arthur Smith was cautious. He didn't want to go off. But you saw his antics on the sideline, his colorful antics. He's covering up his mouth. He's covering up his head, uh, maybe said a few choice words and so forth. So, you know, you know how he really felt. But he didn't want to get fined. If this wasn't a game, he said, to just uh, go ahead and do it and, you know, just write the check to some charity. But, uh, you know, uh, nobody was going to blame him. I told, I joked with Steve Hummer, who... He was in retirement, but came out to cover the game yesterday. I was like, "Hey, well, maybe, maybe the Falcon fans would start a GoFundMe for for Coach if he got fined uh, for for stating something this so obvious." But they have rules and procedures for things like this. He's a young coach, and he's trying to follow the rules and procedures. One of them is sending tape to the league office and asking for a further explanation of how the official blew this call, and, and uh, those aren't supposed to be made public. But I'm sure maybe, you know, there might be a way for this one to come out later in the week as, uh, um, you know, we asked Coach about the procedure of sending this tape to the league office. That's part of it. And like I said, when that stuff, you, you handle it. It's a pretty standard operating procedure with the league. And when you have those conversations, uh, again, per their policy, those are, those are confidential. You learn from, try to learn from everything D-Led. Like, again, things in life. Can't ever change anything in the past. Uh, there's no, there's no point in sitting here and uh, spending any more time on it than you need to. Because what we have to do is we got to get ready to, to play and, and play better and to beat the Niners here at home. And it's going to take a great week of preparation. You know it's going to be a physical game, and we're excited about it. Well, we may get some closure on the worst call ever later in the week from the league office. Now, a uh, big one coming up here. If you saw the 49ers on, on TV the other night against the Rams, you saw an attacking unit. We got some numbers here later on that uh, will display that and may, may explain some of Coach uh, Smith's comments about facing the 49ers. They play hard. It's going to be a physical challenge. I mean, we, I think they're the top rush, uh, second rush defense, rushing defense according this morning. I think they're giving up the – Least amount of yards per carry, uh, number one total yards overall defensively, and so it's you know, it's what you want. You, you don't want to play. Uh, you want to go against the best, and the Niners 
They have a really good scheme. They got a really good D-line coach, really good defensive coordinator. Uh, so we're excited about the challenge. Well, you know, if you've seen that, the Rams game, I didn't get to see Carolina because they were playing at the same time. You know, and uh, we, we covered this young man coming out of South Carolina at his pro day, but Debo Samuel has turned into one of the league's top weapons. Here's what Arthur Smith said about Debo Samuel. Fun player to watch. I mean, obviously, when you're playing him, he's a, he's a pain, and then you know what? Um, and it's because he's a good football player. He's very strong. A guy that we really liked, uh, you know, that's the thing. That's why there's a, you have a draft, so you can't, can't take everybody. It's not like recruiting. Can't get uh, 25 five-stars because, uh, trust me, I'd, I'd, I'd want to be coaching Tebow. Uh, really liked him coming out of South Carolina. Really good football player, and I say that as a comment. He is a football player. Uh, really strong hands, uh, hard to tackle, play multiple spots. So we got a work cut out there. we got to make sure we, we account for him and tackle him. Well, you know, the uh, Falcons are, you know, uh, after five games, everybody is, uh, you know, showing who they are, playing what the schemes they, they play. And the 49ers have a way that they want to play ball. Against the Rams, they blitz a little bit more than we have seen in the past, but they're going to stay true to their schemes. Here's what Coach Arthur Smith had to say about the 49ers scheme and Kyle Shanahan's system. And, D'Amico Ryans is their defensive coordinator. Well, I think, you know, I think the, the easy thing is to label everybody that's, there's like an evolution of football, no doubt for a different one. People have success in the game, the way the game's trend. I, I think the easy thing to do is say, okay, that team ran wide zone. Well, they run it a little bit differently than, than Mike Shanahan and Gary Kubiak and Alex Gibbs. Uh, the thing that you see about the Niners is uh, pretty creative. Um, what they do, and they play fast, but they practice hard. And it's not the play calls. It's the intent, the details, it's the climate that he's created there. I mean, sometimes, like I said, like, you know, it, it could be a basic call. And when you got guys that are in sync and, they, and you believe in what you're doing, they can take a very, what you call, vanilla play call and make it special. And so somebody has the playbook. I could print out a playbook, and it won't matter. It doesn't matter. I could get Kyle's playbook, it wouldn't matter. But it's... That's what I think. I think you're seeing. I think everyone on the surface is like, oh, this guy came from here, he came here. Everybody, no. I mean, usually smart people, Green Bay's playing a lot different. Play the strengths of your, your team. And everybody's got their own ideas. I mean, I learned something from somebody, but I've taken something from every coach I've been with, offense or defense. And you make it your own. And that's why I have a lot of respect for Kyle. I mean, so different system, but I, I like, I appreciate the way they play and, and uh, uh, you know, how he gets his team ready. And they got a, they got a good culture. All right, now let's look at this 49er offense. It's the, it's not what they had anticipated it would be at the beginning of the season, but, uh, you know, they were trying to move over to Trey Lance. Jimmy Garoppolo was there during the offseason, throwing on the side, trying not to get hurt. Uh, and then um, Trey Lance gets hurt early in the season, and they have to turn to Jimmy back to Jimmy Garoppolo, the man they were trying to replace. So this is not the offense that they had planned to bring to Atlanta, but here it is. Wide receiver Brandon Ayuk started against the Niners. They didn't even start Debo, Samuel, or George Kittle. And you know, we know those are the normal starters at uh, wide receiver and tight end. Uh, they started Charlie Warner, the former UGA uh, tight end. So they have some depth. Then the offensive line is left tackle Jalen Moore, left guard Aaron Brooks, 
Center, Jake Brendo. Right guard, Spencer Buford. Well, that's probably Burford, B-U-R for it, not Buford like our suburb here. Right tackle, Mike McGlinchey. You know, that's Matt Ryan's cousin that played in Notre Dame. And then we got Charlie Warner, Jimmy G. Fullback, Kyle Juszczyk. And running back, Jeff Wilson. And so one of a couple of the key reserves on offense that we know. Running back, Tevin Coleman is back with reunited with Shanahan. And Daniel Brunsko is the one of the backup linemen there. He was, uh, Falcons tried to turn him into a lineman when they were trying to fix their line. And uh, he's still in the league with the um, San Francisco 49ers. So there you go. That's their offense. And uh, here's what they did against Carolina last week. Wilson ran 17 times for 120 yards and one touchdown. He had a long of 41. Jimmy Garoppolo was 18 of 30 for 253. Two touchdowns and no interception. 109.4 109.4 passer rating. And like I said, this game was out of hand. They didn't want to waste Debo Samuel on the on the Panthers. And so he only had like two carries for 12 yards and two receptions for 20 yards. So, you know, they try to play power football. They're going to run the ball. We'll see their numbers later. Uh, they're not trusting Jimmy to win it for them. They're going to power the ball at you, and they're going to play good defense. Should make for a good old-fashioned uh, matchup here. And let's just flip over to the defensive side of the ball. Nick Bosa is, um, you know, second overall pick in 2019. He leads them with six sacks. I, I got to double check on his injury status. We'll have the official injury reports on Wednesday. Kevin Givens, defensive tackle. Hassan Ridgeway, Samson Ibikam, weak side linebacker Dre Greenlaw, middle linebacker Fred Warner. Uh, left cornerback Emmanuel Mosley, he's injured and out. Uh, that came across today. Shaverius Ward is the right cornerback. Uh, this is going to shake up the secondary with Mosley out. Nickelback was Jimmy Ward, so they went with the three-safety look against Carolina and Baker Mayfield last Sunday. Talana Hafanga and Tashawn Gibson, former uh, longtime safety, has been sticking around in the league. Uh, and that's the 49ers starting offense and defense. Now, against Carolina, Greenlaw led them with 11 tackles and Warner had nine. You're not, y'all see me talking about how the linebackers lead in tackles. That's both of their linebackers. The safeties, you don't want them leading in tackles. Greenlaw and Warner are the tackling leaders last, last week against the Panthers. Now, Bosa has six sacks. They No, they had, well, he has six too. But they had six against Carolina, nine quarterback hits. Overall, they have 21 sacks. And the uh, Bosa, little Nick had 15.5 last year. And specialist-wise, you know, they got Robbie Gold and Mitch Wisnowski, two of the best punters and kickers in the league. And the kickoff and punt returner is Ray Ray McLeod. A lot of college folks around here remember him from his days at Clemson. So with that, we're going to take a break. This is the Bowtie Chronicles from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Ocean breeze, tropical beach, an air freshener can make your car smell like paradise. A drive to Daytona Beach will actually get you there. Beach on. 
Plan your trip today at DaytonaBeach.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're back here with the 359th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. We're getting you ready for the Falcons game against the San Francisco 49ers. They'll play them on Sunday at 1 p.m. at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. This is a big challenge for the Atlanta Falcons. This is one of the top-ranked teams in the league and through five games and one that, you know, went to the playoffs deep into the playoffs last year, lost to the Rams in the NFC Championship game. So Kyle Shanahan and his crew are back at it, not with the quarterback, they thought, but they're back at it and making their climb out of a tough start to the season and looking pretty good at three and two. So uh, we wanted to talk to, we got to talk to a lot of guys in the open locker room, wanted to get the post of the team. Here's what tight end Anthony Fersker had to say about, you know, the mood of the team and, you know, the offense. Just uh, checking with y'all on the move of the team and you know getting ready to go play for 49ers this week. Yeah, no, I think we know it's going to be a challenge. I mean, they're a good team, doing well. Um, yeah, we've already kind of did the film on this, learned from our mistakes from this past week, and uh-huh. we're ready to move on and start um, start studying for what we need to do next week. Mm-hmm. And then I was asking Coach, too, just replacing, you know, 35% of the offense, you know, probably a slow start was expected. You know, he wasn't buying that, but... Um, as you all do get more time together with the current group, without you know Pitts, well, Pat for sure, maybe Pitts. How do y'all, you know, got got it moving late? How do y'all continue that? Try to take it to the next game. Nice yeah, catch I think. On I think uh, thank you. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that's something we can build off of, and mm-hmm. yeah, but no, it's important to start games that fast and get into the groove and mm-hmm. not have that lull in the beginning of the game or in the middle of the game. So just kind of keep that momentum and keep improving on what we can. And yeah. Last week, we knew the Falcons would have to go with the running back by committee, and they did. Tyler Algier got the most carries, followed by Caleb McGarry. And then one of the spark plugs against Tampa Bay was running back Avery Williams, second-year player out of Boise State, had a couple returns. Had a nice little touchdown run where he put the spin move on the safety. Here's what Avery Williams had to say. How did it um, feel to get in the end zone there? Good looking run and spin move on that one. Uh, I mean, it was solid. I was just trying to help the team come back and win. Uh, but, you know, I had 10 guys that was doing their part, so that's how we got in the end zone. Mm-hmm. Um, the returns look like you're getting some, uh, some the people helping you out, getting some runs on those too. How, how are you assessing that? Yeah, I mean, same thing. Um, got 10 guys that are willing to work hard and block and do their part. So whenever that happens, we're going to get more yards. Uh-huh. On the, um, the one there, after the film review, you looked like you were a step away from taking that one to the house. Oh, man. Um, yeah, I mean, we were close on a couple. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but, you know, we just got to keep working hard and keep getting better. And, you know, we're going to pop 
pop a couple at some point. Mm-hmm. And um, how do you feel, um, you know, what was the most difficult part of, you know, uh, going to running back? Uh, I mean, just, yeah, I mean, just, just uh, fine-tuning details, you know, on the offensive side, um, learning a whole new playbook. Uh, but, you know, the transition's been just fine because uh, we have great coaches that, that have been there to help me. And uh, Coach Petrie, are you referring to him? Yeah, I mean, Coach, I mean, the whole offensive staff, um, you know, has helped me transition, you know, to make it easiest for me, so. Falcon safety Jalen Hawkins knows that they are in for a big challenge against the San Francisco 49ers. I'm sure he might spend some time on George Kittle there. Here's what Jalen had to say about the defense, the close games, and getting ready for the San Francisco 49ers. We coach up. I guess, sir, you know, um, it is what it is. You know, looked at some of the things we could have improved on. Um, some of the looked at the good and the bad, mm-hmm. you know, happened. Leave that in the past on a new week. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, how, what's the psyche of the guys and so forth? Y'all playing, you know, five one-score games, you know, but uh, competing real tough. Um, you know, we're just going to keep fighting. You know, that's the psyche of everybody. You know what I'm saying? With the good or bad, we're going to keep fighting. Uh, keep looking for constant improvement mm-hmm. within ourselves and our team and what we do. And, uh, you know, look back to get on the winning track. All right. At the top of the of the episode here, we mentioned the trading of Deion Jones. And uh, we're going to write a little bit about that in the cover nine at nine blog about the revamping of the linebacker position for the Atlanta Falcons this offseason. I think all of them are gone, uh, you know, except for people that got drafted by the current regime uh, and Artie Agundaje from last year and, uh, you know, signing Lorenzo Carter in free agency. But all the inside linebackers are definitely new. Rashawn Evans, uh, well, Michael Walker's a holdover from the old group, but he's starting now, not in the reserve role. Troy Anderson's playing. Ted Kwiatkowski's backing people up. And then Nate Landman. He's an undrafted guy from Colorado who's made the team, and they're getting him some action on the field too. So we uh, wanted to uh, chat with Nate real quick and see how things were going, how it was to make the team and what he's uh, learning in the National Football League. So, uh, how things are going for the team so forth? It's going great. Um, you know, living the dream that I had since I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, thankful for the opportunity that, um, you know, the coaching staff is, has given me, and mm-hmm. I'm just trying to take advantage of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, what, what, were you, what was the, um, you know, thinking when they signed you? And, well, I know it's a dream, and then to see, you know, Offseason, OTAs, and see the progress uh, that, that ends up leading to being on the roster. Yeah, I was, um, you know, they 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 signed me after mm-hmm. the draft, and um, just more than happy to come, you know, be a part of this team. And um, thought there was a great opportunity. I knew I'd get coached hard. I knew I'd get coached well. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you know that that's what happened throughout OTAs and rookie mini camp, and then through training camp, um, I got good coaching. and became a better linebacker and. Um, you know, when when I got my opportunity to go out there in preseason games, I felt like I, you know, I, I did what I was asked, and um, you know, 
thanks to them, I got the opportunity to make the team and, and help contribute to some wins and uh, hopefully can keep helping the team, you know, just keep getting better. Mm -hmm. uh, veterans like uh, Michael and uh, Rashad, how have they been with helping teaching you to show your ropes? And I guess you and Troy are the young guys, and you know, Ted's uh, old, I quit, so got two. Yeah, they've, they've been huge. Um, you know, them being the vets, we, we learn, we watch what they do, um, you know, how they take care of their body, how they communicate with the, the other parts of the defense, how they study, how they take notes, and just being, being under them, um, you know, it's been huge. It's been a lot of help. Well, all right, you all know that, you know, the beginning of the season, we don't we don't really look at the rankings too much. We like for them to be four games uh, in, so we got a good body of work. Uh, we got five games in, so it's uh, time to start breaking down these the key stat categories because they tell you, you know, what we're going to see on Sunday. And so, you know, San Francisco, this is their San Francisco offense. They're eighth in the league. In rushing, 138.8 yards a game. In 25th in passing, 202.2. They're 16th in scoring at 21.6. Total yards, they're 20th at 339. And 11th in time of possession at 30 minutes and 37 seconds a game. So they match up favorably against the Falcons in all of those. The Falcons' defense is giving up 114 yards a game, which is 17th. So that should be a battle. That's a that's 10 spots differential, but close enough for it to be a battle. The uh, Falcons' pass defense is 29th, going up against the 25th pass offense. So that's good, 272.8. And then point-wise, it should be a game that got the 20th 22nd scoring defense, 24.4 a game, going up against the 16th scoring offense. So that looks good. The um, defense, the Falcons' defense is their team strength right now, and uh, that matches up well with the 49ers. So that's going to be, you know, the battle. The Falcons' defense, they're going to win some battles against the 49ers' offense. Now on, we flip it around a little bit. 49ers defense is elite, elite, elite. And the Falcons offense is elite in one area. Well, and elite is top 10. So, you know, um, well, actually that makes them elite in two areas. The Falcons offense is third in rushing at 164.6 a game. Kind of deceiving because, uh, you know, but we're crowning the quarterback running this year because, I mean, he's part of the RPO system that they're running, so it, it gets to get counted. Now, here's where the Falcons are not elite at passing, 166.8. That's 30th in the league. Points, 23.6. That's 10th in the league. Total yards, they're in the bottom of the league, 331.4. That's 25th. Time of possession, 29 and 17 seconds. I thought that would be better, but that's 23rd in the league. Remember, we want top half of the league, top 16, and elite units or top 10, top 5. We'll, as we get later on, there's definitely top 5. But for now, with just five games, we'll take a unit in the top 10. Here's a problem. Here is the problem. 49ers defenses, 2, 3, 1, and 1. And top for 1. So they're 2 in Russian, 71.4. Third in pass defense, 177, eight yards, 0.8 yards a game. Tied for first in scoring with Buffalo, 
12.2 points a game, so scoring is going to be hard. And then total yards, they're number one overall, 249.2. The big, uh, I don't know, I guess we could call them hellraisers on that defense are Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw, the linebackers. And of course, Bosa at the end. So that's the, that's the challenge here. The Falcons offense, which is, you know, sputtered about, uh, you know, fell, you know, when they play good teams, they fall behind. 28-3 in the Rams, 21-0 at Tampa Bay. Yeah, the, they got something going uh, in both of those games, but you can't afford to keep living like that. But it's going to be tough sledding against the number one defense in the league. So we'll see number one in scoring and yards. So that's a double up right there. So, uh, you know, the only other area to look for, it's like, well, okay, let's go to turnovers and see. You know, if you could, you know, make up for this in turnovers, maybe Jimmy G will throw you the ball. But they are they're elite in the turnover margin, and it's not that big of a differential this early in the season. The 49ers are plus one with a 7-6 takeaway ratio, and the Falcons are or they ha- they match at seven, but they gave it up. They've given it up uh, eight times. So that's a minus one, seven slash eight. Uh, 22nd in the league. So this is going to be a, you know, that that's what you can kind of sense the urgency from Coach Smith when he was talking about the 49ers and, and the defense and how Kyle uh, Shanahan likes to play because he knew these numbers already. And uh, when I got home and put them down on paper for us, I was like, oh, okay, that's why uh, Coach was a little, little edgy today because he's going up against the number one defense in the league. Uh, with uh, you know the offense that, that won't have Kyle Pitt, maybe not Kyle Pitts, but certainly not Patterson this week. You maybe get Damian Williams back. You gotta um, you know you gotta put some more on some people's plates. I asked about Zacchaeus. Can he do more? He mentioned Cordarrelle Hodge. Uh, you know they gotta they gotta find some playmakers with the playmakers out. And and, and uh, you know they were f- trying to figure that out early against Tampa Bay. Maybe they uh, uh, got something going there later and was able to do uh, identify some things that's going to work with this group of guys that'll be out there. Certainly getting Kyle Pitts back would help. But, uh, yeah, this is going to be a tough one on Sunday, and we wish the, we'll see how it goes. We're going to see the top defense coming in here against, you know, the Falcons that are ranked 25th in yards but 10th in points. So they, you know, you never, you never don't have a shot in the NFL, but uh, the line's gonna be pretty, pretty high on this one. I don't have my line numbers yet, but the Falcons thus far are five and zero against the line for my Vegas people. Uh, you know, they were ten point dogs in Tampa, and uh, you know, lost by six. So I know nobody cares about being five and zero against the spread, but you know, whatever the line is, maybe the Falcons will get it. So. That's uh that's all of our preview of the 49ers and the Falcons. You know, hope you all are ready for the game. But before we leave, we wanted to, we we talked to Caleb Huntley uh, about the note we shared with you all last uh in the last podcast about Miss Rosalind McGill uh, losing her son Jordan right around the Caleb said the week of Mother's Day and and a tragic car accident. And that was his best friend. He called him his brother. They grew up together, and uh, uh, he thinks of Jordan as his brother, and, and he scored. He dedicated the touchdown to Miss Roslyn, 
And, um, you know, folks just wanted to hear some feel-good news about one of the new Falcons who's from, from Atlanta, from the Riverdale Road area. And so he was more than happy to talk about Miss um, McGill, his good friend Jordan, who he called his brother. And, uh, you know, so here it is. We're going to close out with that. We're going to hear from Caleb Huntley about the passing of his friend Jordan. He was like my brother. Mm -hmm. uh, we grew up together and whatnot. Um, he had passed away earlier this year in uh, a car crash. Um, was it Mother's Day or Mother's Day? It was like mother, before Mother's Day. So like um, a few, I think it was the 7th, I believe. Uh -huh. I'm not sure on the date or whatever, but mm -hmm. he ended up uh, in that crash. And, mm -hmm. you know, it was just like hard for me to deal with because mm -hmm. like, that was my little bro. Like we grew right. up together. You know, it was like family. So mm -hmm. when I got the news, I was actually on the way to go to my Airbnb. I was just uh, getting it set up or whatever. Mm -hmm. His brother called me and was like, yeah, I got a, a car crash. Mm -hmm. and, uh, I just bust out crying. I'm, I'm not like a super emotional person. Mm -hmm. so, um, like, I usually don't cry often, but mm -hmm. just hearing that news made me like, break down in tears because it's just like it was unbelievable mm -hmm. to know that you know my little brother was gone you know so just they said they made her day when she when she found out you dedicated the touchdown to her um honestly like before every game mm -hmm. i have a i have a little talk with, with him anyway mm -hmm. you know okay um I, I have a talk with all my loved ones that's mm -hmm. passed away that really meant something to mm -hmm. me so um Sometimes I look in the mirror and like just imagine that they're with me because inside it really do feel like they're with me, and I try to use that to you know feel me through hard times and you know when things get hard, I know that you know they got my back. Well, we certainly want to thank you all for listening. Falcons are relevant. I know some baseball going on. The basketball is getting ready to start. You got a team that's going to go out there and fight. So, hey, on any given Sunday, you know the story. But they are off to a two and three start, fighting every Sunday, trying to lay the foundation for the future. And uh, we'll see what they can do on Sunday against the San Francisco 49ers. With that, we're going to ask you to, you know, subscribe to the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Get a friend, have them subscribe and get, you know, get your podcasts wherever you can get them on um you know i uh spotify all the other places and so forth but we certainly appreciate you subscribing so with that we're going to ask you to take care and have a great rest of your week ocean breeze tropical beach pina colada you can buy an air freshener to make your car smell like you're in an oceanside paradise or better yet you can point your car toward Daytona Beach and come experience the real thing. Visit DaytonaBeach.com to discover all there is to see, do, and enjoy along the world's most famous beach. Daytona Beach, Florida. Beach on.
In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com.